And I am a certified G and a bona fide stunt. And you can't teach that. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the fuck he wants. What's happening, guys? Welcome to the Dynasty War Zone. The people's dynasty podcast on today's show we're going to complete the buy sell hold that's right we've done the buys we've done the sells tonight we're going to do our holds and who i'm always holding on to is my co-host you know him as jerry sinclair but i call him the man of the hour and the man with the power jerry sinclair what's up buddy you know i am not lucky enough to have you holding me currently but it still is close enough just talking to you i am wonderful but randy it's not just us bubba it's not, and, and we, we're, we're officially killing off a gimmick. So our guest tonight is none other than the director of content for Player Profiler, a.k.a. The Boss. He is the director of Player Profiler's content. He is an ultra high-stakes best ball and dynasty player. He is the co-host of not only the Sonic Truth and the First Class Fantasy and the Goat District podcast, but he recently started the press coverage con, uh, podcast He's more than all that. He is our buddy. He is Mr. Theo Griminger. Theo, buddy, welcome to the show. And Jerry, Theo and Jerry on the same show. I'm honored that Jerry made time for me this time. I, I've been a Jerry fill-in, which is a big honor. Like, Jerry's a guy that, you know, He's everybody looks Small up shoes to fill, but thank you. Chance to fill to fill in for him um, was awesome. But I, I told I told Memphis that uh, I really wanted some Jerry next time I was in, in the war zone. So I'm, I'm happy. It's a full house war zone. And... Uh, yeah, congrats to you guys. I mean, I think like more and more people are realizing every single month how great a podcast you guys have been putting out. And it's been this way for years. And I think it's just like blowing up. Um, so we're so excited to be working with you guys. And uh, it's just it's just been tremendous uh, seeing all the people talking about how much they love the war zone. And I'm like, the war zone's been amazing for years. This is like uh it's like, you know, people are just discovering something that that we all know was amazing. So Congrats to you guys, and uh, looking forward to what you guys are putting out uh, the rest of July and August. Well, for sure, but that that works both ways. Don't think that Jerry and I haven't had opportunities to maybe join forces with other groups and nothing against those groups. It has to be the right fit, right? It, it, it has to go hand in glove, and the chance to work with not only you, but Matt Kelly and, and Billy Muzio and, and just Dario Austin. I could go on and on and on and on, and I'm going to forget someone if I try to, so I don't want to. It's an amazing group. And like I said, you're co-hosting several of my favorite shows, The Goat District. I used to, a long time ago, co-host on that show as well. First Class Fantasy. Listen to you and, and Billy on that just recently. And, and of course, The Sonic Truth. We're going to talk about one of your co-hosts on The Sonic Truth in just a second. But I want you to tell us about your newest endeavor called Full the the full uh, look, words words press coverage. I started to say full press, and I was like, "This is a basketball. This is press coverage." You know, that's the NFL. Tell us about press coverage and what you're doing. So, I, it's a hosted podcast where uh, where I bring on uh, guests every single week. Um, we had Sigmund Bloom and Adam Levitan to start it out, so I, I was able to book two guys I've been listening to for years, um, and they were both really uh, generous with their time and their takes. And then I have Josh Larkey on. Uh, tomorrow, uh, someone I've podcasted with so many times now, it's 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 wild. We had him on the Goat District a million times, and he's come on First Class Fantasy, and, and he's a friend. But I think for me, I think a lot of the, the, the hosted podcasts, not on Player Profiler, but like a one-on-one -on -one podcast, they all start sounding the same. And for me, I, I wanted to be able to find edges, and I want to find actionable information that can help any fantasy manager. And I think that it's I'm asking the right questions and I'm having on the right guests and I got a lot of feedback for the first two shows and I'm hoping that I can kind of keep it going all summer long. Um, and yeah, it's, I appreciate you, uh, you talking about it, Memphis and uh, we got to get you on at some point. Um, but it's been, it's been great. And I think that it's getting harder and harder in like the information age to find those edges. So that's, that's for me, that's what I'm trying to trying to uncover every single week. Well, I will tell you the Sigmund Bloom show was fantastic. You had a bit of a of an internet outage, and and he just rolled right on, went right on with the show. 
I, I thought you two together were great and 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 what a, a bunch of great information in that show. I highly recommend it. Now you can find that one of two places and you should already be subscribed in four places, but the player profiler YouTube channel and podcast channel, you may say, well, I'm, I'm a podcast consumer. We're going to do a little segment after the show's over that you won't get on the podcast or on this YouTube feed because it's going to be called the overtime. We're going to give you three rookies and then, excuse me, three holds. And then at the end on the overtime, Theo and I are going to go one-on-one real quick and give you a rookie that you should be holding on to. But you don't get that in the podcast. You don't get that in the YouTube live stream. You need to be subscribed everywhere. And then this past Friday night, Saturday morning, I did a solo podcast on the Dynasty Warzone YouTube and podcast channel. I added eight more buys. I called it on target. Why did I call it on target? Because I used target data to, to make some, some decisions on buying these guys. So what we're going to do is we're going to take just a little time out. We're going to hear just a quick word from the folks over at Underdog, and then we're going to get into it. We're going to get good people, bad tweets, not only with Jerry, but with Jerry and Theo right after this. Let's take a moment to talk about Underdog Fantasy. Now, many of you have already signed up. Thousands have signed up from Player Profile already over the years. Underdog has supported us since 2020. Much of what you see on Player Profiler is because of Underdog, because of their support. Get the Underdog app, plug in that promo code UNDERWORLD. I used to play Underdog just for the best ball drafts. I mean, the best ball drafts are amazing. These draft rooms fill so quickly, and you can win life-changing money. You want to take advantage of all the sleepers we talk about on this show? Well... What better place than in an underdog draft room to do that? And I recommend taking your underdog play to the next level by diving into their NFL pickums. It's important to correlate those NFL pickums. You can pick both the quarterbacks and the wide receivers to exceed expectations. Correlate them, and you can five extra payout. Bada bing, bada boom. Underdog Fantasy. The promo code is Underworld for an instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Underdog is the truest friend of the underworld. Yeah, big shout out to our friends at Underdog. So, Jerry, we're going to jump into our favorite segment. This is becoming this, this is becoming so big, and this is why I love the player profiler audiences now that they're joining us on both YouTube and the podcast because they love good people, bad tweets. They really do. But I want to make sure it's very crystal clear because you're going to recognize tonight's name as the offender and good people, bad tweets. It's not about picking on people or other sites or other hosts. It's just... If you say something we think's way out there, you're going to wind up on good people, bad tweets. And I saw this one, and I, I hit I hit Theo with a text. I'm like, hey, are we cool to do this? He was like, 100%. So we're going to jump into good people, bad tweets. And good people, bad tweets this week is brought to you by Theo's co-host on The Sonic Truth. He's also been a guest here on the Dynasty Warzone. His name is Alan Seslowski. And Alan Seslowski on The Sonic Truth, if you haven't listened, Go back and listen because they did their hot takes for the season. And, and Alan said, bold prediction, James Conner will outscore Brees Hall next season. Now, Theo, I kind of have an idea where you're going because I listened to the Sonic Truth. But, Jerry, when you saw that on the show sheet, what did you what did you think? I am going to surprise you. It's contrarian. I'm not totally against it. Like, listen, if I was a betting man, I would not be betting that James Conner is going to outscore Brees Hall, but that offense is going to be effing putrid. So who else are they going to rely on? Are they going to rely on Toon, or are they going to rely on Colt McCoy and the the dust that he has been offering fantasy players since he got hurt in the national championship 10 years ago? I think they're going to rely on James Conner. Now granted, now granted, Brees Hall... He got that ding dong that, you know, it chafes on his knee because it's so long and he, and he's going to be a reception monster and it's going to be absolutely wonderful. I'm not mad at Allen. If if we're going to do a hot take, I don't think it's that crazy, Randy. So you, you, you boys go ahead and pick on me and pick on Allen and we'll do a tag team ladder oh. match. Oh, well, I'm in there for that. Theo, what, what were your takes? Cause like I said, I've listened to the Sonic truth, but when he said this, he said he was fading the injury optimism. I'll just give you a sneak peek. I'm like, Alan, this man has missed James Conner being this man has missed three and a half games on average over the course of his career. What's up with the injury optimism for James Conner, but not Breeze Hall. Theo. Well, I think that Alan's take could have, could have been a little stronger if he used a different running back than James Conner. 
I think Allen's a like like our friend Dan Williamson is someone who who fades uh, injury optimism. Like once once a, once a guy gets hurt, you know he's he's automatically fading him. And I think that that sort of pessimism can pay off for managers. I personally think Brees Hall is going to come back strong. Everything I'm reading and everything, it's like universally the the Jets beat reporters are not necessarily like, hey, let's let's pump everybody up. Like they love negative negativity. And, uh, you know, there's still the optimism with Hall. So I think if he would have used a different running back Memphis, I think you would have you would have liked this take a little bit more. Um, but, you know, just I'll echo what Jerry said. I think that, you know, Connor is a is a massive volume bet. So like Connor, like for for better or for worse, like Connor scores very well at a points per game clip. And he is the the only show in town right now for Arizona. So the the Allen is going to have a nice head start for the season. If they slow play Brees Hall, then you're already up big after you know four to six weeks. Um, and but you do make a great point that that Connor himself is is injury prone. So uh, the I'll defend Allen a little bit in a sense that he's fading Hall, he's fading Javante Williams. You would have liked it better if he said a, a running back who hasn't been so hurt. Well, and in fairness to Alan, you got to tell both sides. When I pressed him on this tweet on Twitter, because I didn't wait for the show to press this, by the way, I just, just I'm, 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 he was like, you know, it could have been Miles Sanders, it could have been Damian Pearson, and that's a di- that's a different conversation. I'm like, but you can't fade injury optimism with a guy who's often injured himself. That was the part that I was because I was in that chat. By the way, that was what was that Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday. That was, I don't know, the, the days well, just, just blend together pod-wise. It, it's, it's another podcast for Theo, I understand. But I was listening to this, and I was like, James Conner. James, I mean, but like I said, you know, in, in his defense, he did come back. and Because I, I think Miles Sanders could, but no, I'm, we're, 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 we're not a news show, but we might as well bring it up real quick here. You know, Javante Williams, it came out today that, that he's anticipating starting the season. And, you know, it's great that people say things. I like the actions of the people. Because what are the actions? Has Den- Denver signed anybody besides Samaj P. Ryan to replace Melvin Gordon? No. Has have the Jets brought in anybody to you know? I mean, they, they kept Zonovan Knight and they still have Michael Carter, who I like a little bit, but no. So the actions of the teams and both these teams, I think, if you ask Sean Payton or you ask Robert Sala, they're going to be like, "Yeah, we're contending this year." And they've done nothing at the running back position. So I have a lot of optimism. Maybe I'm. And this is not normally my bag. Maybe I'm too pessimist. I mean, excuse me, too optimistic on, on Brees Hall. I just thought it was fun. I thought it would be a good opportunity to take a tweet that that I thought was was a little bit out there and, and pick on Allen. Is that is that fair, guys? If yeah, oh. Allen Allen definitely has the mentality that he probably loves being on good people bad tweets. Well, I tell you yeah, what, we're not going to. We're not going to. A lot of people can't handle it, Randy. A lot of oh, people trust me, the, the people who have blocked me over it will one hundred percent agree with that. But so we're not going to give him the normal Dana White. We're going to give him like a, you know, like a, a nicer Dana White. Federal prison. Federal fucking prison. If you're that fucking stupid. See, I mean, I, I, I tried to fade it out before he said that. I just I, I wanted to put Allen in federal prison. Over that take because I just thought, man, James Conner injury optimism. Get the hell out of here. All right, let's get into it. So tonight we're going to talk about three types of holds because we, we've sold some guys, we've bought some guys, and it all depends on your roster because what, one thing that drives me crazy, Theo mentioned on the press coverage podcast about looking for micro edges. It's great that, that, that a lot of other content creators do buy and sell shows. That's, that's fantastic. But, but can we put like some qualifiers? Can we put some context around the buys and the sells and now tonight the holds that we're going to do? So we're going to do three groups of holds. The first hold is going to be a guy we're holding just because he's an absolute stud. No interest in moving him. Could someone come through with a godfather offer and, and knock us off our feet? Maybe. But more often than not, just a guy you should be holding on to. The second guy is a guy that you should be holding on to because he's going to be worth a lot more. You're going to get a bigger ROI, return on investment on this player in season when we're actually scoring points. You're going to get a little bit less now, so why take less when you can wait a month, month and a half, and you can get more? And then the third guy is the guy that maybe, yeah, you could move, but the amount of points that, or excuse me, the amount of return that you're going to get for that player just is not worth moving him. It's like maybe maybe it's a wide receiver. My guy's a wide receiver. Maybe you could get a second for him. Maybe you could get a third. But I think with my guy, and I can't wait to hear Theo and Jerry's, 
is that if we wait for that guy for just a, just a little bit longer, let the season get going, you may a decide that you want to keep him or B you could get a whole lot more. So we're going to, we're going to vary our holds, but Theo, you're the guest, by the way, Shout out to Theo. We're recording live on Sunday night. The U.S. men's national soccer team is playing. This is the first time that Theo has recorded a podcast, not only with Jerry. That bit's dead now. Hate to see that one go. And during the men's United States national team soccer. So if he like all of a sudden starts like fist pumping for Christian Pulisic, it is what it is. It's free included with the show. But Theo, give us that stud. Give us that absolute stud that you're not moving because you believe he's going to be worth more than, than than you'll ever get in return. And I'll also add Memphis and Jerry that the, the Dynasty Warzone gets a full game pause. There's no game in the background. It's DVR, it's paused. So right now it's it's basically just, it's nothing to me. Um, I, I will say for, for my stud, it's, it's kind of influenced slightly by your stud, not to give anything away, but it's Tyreek Hill. And last year he comes with his with his career high in terms of targets with 170. He has an just an unbelievable season. He has 119 catches. But I was not going to sell him. And I think that there was there's some people wanted to sell high. Also, you get a lot of people who are age averse in Dynasty, and Tyreek Hill is getting a little bit older. This would have been a perfect cash out time. I was actually offered in one league. Uh, non-super flex, I was offered the 111 and a 2024 first. Usually for an older player, I would take that that deal and run with it. But for Tyree Kill, I think this could be a year where he could be the, the highest scoring non-quarterback in fantasy. It's an odd situation because he does have another elite pass catcher next to him in Jalen Waddell. However, I think it's just, you just ride it out at this point with Tyree Kill. Unless you're in a rebuild, then he's the kind of guy, even if I was you know, a middling, a middling team. If I thought that I had a realistic two-year window to win a dynasty championship, I would try to hold Tyreek because I think there's few players like him. And we also have to look at the fact that he had only seven touchdown catches last year. This guy's been a touchdown machine. There's a chance that the touchdowns could just go nuts this year. So it's rare, but he's the, an older player who I'm just not looking to move unless I just get an overwhelming Godfather type offer. Well, I, I, I'll do you one better because last week he was my buy. Not only am I holding Tyreek Hill, I'm buying Tyreek Hill. I, I honestly think Tyreek Hill may be the funnest wide receiver of this generation to watch, and that's no shade for me. And I'm not a Detroit you know, Lions fan like Jerry, but I think he may be my favorite wide receiver to watch since Calvin Johnson. Just a combination of speed and how he gets up to speed, but he's so quick because like, there's a lot of fast guys. And there's a lot of, you know, shifty guys, but he just has that rare, that rare playmaking ability. So much fun. Throws up the deuces. Jerry, what are your thoughts on Tyreek Hill as a hold? And then uh, who is your hold? Easy. I mean, I mean, that's easy. And I I could easily see you taking those two first for sure. But I mean, if you're going to win and you get to rub it in your friend's face, by all means, Tyreek Hill is exactly the type of guy that's going to do that. I went with a younger guy, though, but he's getting a little bit of hate. The NFL draft did not do him any favors. Um, is DK Metcalf. So last year, 1,000-ish yards. Year before that, a little bit under. Still had the touchdowns. Didn't really have them with Geno. Here's the thing. He hasn't missed a game in the last two years, and the best ability is availability. He is going into his age 26 season. So you're looking at pretty easily, what, four years probably before you start to see sort of that talent regression commonly that we see in wide receivers. If I can have stability like that, and I've got a guy who's had 1300 yard seasons and I've got a guy who's had multiple double digit touchdown seasons, JSN showing up there is not ideal, but that's baked into his price right now. I, I understand that people sort of wanted to bail because it was, unsexy because JSN is is the guy right like there's not there's not a person that endured 2023's rookie hype that they didn't get extremely excited about JSN and seeing him go there sort of hurt JSN it sort of hurt DK Metcalf but if there was ever going to be a time to acquire DK Metcalf now's the time and I, I will take a young extremely talented wide receiver 
who has regressed trade value wise every single time. And so I and and if I already have him, let me ride that boy out. Because because what am I gonna am I gonna profit if I sell him right now? I I I don't think you are. You know, if this was two years ago when he was you know dynasty wide receiver two, sure. But we have we have long passed that. I mean, he's probably. I don't know exactly where he's at ADP wise, probably 10, 12 wide receivers. And, and, and people like Garrett Wilson have certainly jumped him. He's an easy hold for me and, and I will take it and I will just have that stability sitting there and I will love every freaking second of it. Theo, what, what are your thoughts on DK? Now I know the pod father, cause I listened to the Sonic truth. I know he still believes in, in DK Metcalf. What are your thoughts? I, I don't know. For me, I think Jerry's probably spot on that. He's a hold. Um, there's some like, like all over the place takes today. I heard Evan Silva saying that he's got wide receiver one overall potential this year. And then you hear the argument to sell That's him. pretty spicy. It's very spicy. He's Silva had some spicy takes. He was on Alexander Madison as like a guy. Uh, he had Alexander Madison very, very high too. That's a whole another conversation. But for me, DK had 140 targets last year. And then, like you said, he had the 12 touchdowns the previous year. And then I believe Jerry two years ago he had ten touchdowns. So you have the two the two double digit touchdown seasons, and then the massive target year. I don't know. For me, he's he's twenty six, so he, that's still kind of in his favor. But we haven't seen that like massive peak season from him. So I don't know. Jason does scare me a little bit because if he starts going down to like the hundred twenty five sure. target type type player that we've seen in years past then it's a little harder for him to beat things. But like you said, he's a very proven commodity. And most of, in most situations, he's the kind of guy that you want to keep on, on your fantasy team. But I do think that there's, an, there's a chance that a year from now, JSN leaps him in dynasty value. And I think that's always a scary thing uh, when you have a player that talented. Would you say he's not already there? I mean, I, I think they're probably pretty close too. Yeah, I think I think it's kind of the eye of the beholder thing. Like you said, DK is a you know a, a fringe wide receiver one in in most dynasty startups, and I would say that JSN's right about there, right Creeping on the fringe. There, yeah. uh, I think it all depends on your team build. I think if people are kind of going for it a little more, then DK makes more sense. If if people are more long term focused um, or productive struggle, it's it's JSN. Uh, but I'm I'm. You kind of sold me. I think he, I think he's a hold. I'm I'm shocked that you you were not giving a, a Ken Walker take right out the bat. Um, but I, I I think it's a I think it's a fine argument. And DK is obviously a proven player. Well, like like I uh, said in the chat, K, K, Kenneth Walker was actually my backup choice in, in case somebody else decided to take DK Metcalf. So, well, well, let me you know because because Theo mentioned the the targets. If I told you that DK Metcalf had more targets than Devonta Smith last year, you'd be like, what? What, wait, what? Yeah, but that that's true. 141. But here's the thing. What if you took 25 from, from DK? It's fine. It, it's a target and a half a game. I don't care. He's the kind of guy right now that even though player profiler, because it's a sharp, it's a sharp site, they have DK as the wide receiver nine in a startup. There are people who don't. And you could literally go out and get him as your wide receiver two in a one QB league. And when you have DK Metcalf, who has weak winning upside every single time he steps on the field, you buy that man. But you know, the guy that I want to talk about, you know, I traded him to Theo last year in a very important league to me. And, and when I think about that, as I, as I say, this guy's name, emotional damage, I traded Theo, Justin Herbert in the league. Now, don't get me wrong. I got a good haul. I got Trevor Lawrence, I got Miles Sanders chasing a championship and, and then a pick. I think it was a like a like a, a non-contender second, but was, did you get it? Was that a Derek Carr involved in that trade? Oh, too? you know what? It was, it was it was it was it was yeah. Trevor Lawrence, Derek Carr, Miles Sanders, and a second for Herbert and maybe like another pick. Yeah. But 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 the point of it is is I wished I hadn't have done that deal as good as that deal was for me. I mean, sometimes you have to get outside the fishbowl that was the most recent season. Cause if you do that and Justin Herbert finished as the QB 11 last year, averaging 16.5 fantasy points a game, it's almost like we forget to go back and look at the fact that he was the QB two, his second year in the league. And then he was like the QB eight, his rookie year, but he only played 15 games. And in his rookie year and in his sophomore year, he averaged 22 fantasy points a game using PPR basic basic quarterback scoring. 
You're not gonna you're not gonna get better than that. And he plays every game. He missed two games as a rookie because we well we hadn't stabbed Tyrod Taylor with a needle yet. But once we did, he never looked back. Crack ribs, fine. Never looked back. And now he brought the, he's had a, an offensive coordinator change. I think it's going to be for the better. You're getting Kellen Moore. Whether you love or don't love, like me, Quentin Johnston, that is more help. You've got you've got Austin Eckler in the backfield. Hopefully, you know, Keenan and, and Mike Williams can stay healthy because I think that was part of the offense that was hurt. It wasn't so much Keenan, it was it was the ability to stretch the field in Mike Williams. So I love Justin Herbert. I, I think he is a guy that I should have never moved, even though I got my man well, also with beautiful hair. Mr. Mr. Trevor Lawrence, but Theo, obviously you were willing to pay a good price to me to get him. What are, what are your thoughts on, on Herbs? I'm totally with you. Like Herbert is, is an absolute stud. And I think if we want to look at redraft last year in redraft, he was the QB two this time, this time of the year. So like that obviously didn't work out for people. And I think that that kind of left a little bit of, of bad taste in people's mouths. Um, and it's corrected this year. He's going about where he should in terms of redraft. But in terms of dynasty, he's a set it and forget it stud for years to come. And even if you don't like the Quinton Johnston pick, you have to like the fact that the Chargers made that pick and they're trying to add weapons for him. They see the two aging wide receivers and they're they're going to get Her- Herbert what he needs to, to thrive. And I love the Kellen Moore addition. I think Kellen Moore will be better when he's outside of like the Mike McCarthy, uh, Jerry Jones, uh, you know, umbrella where he can, he can get out there and kind of earn himself a head coaching job. Cause I think this is the chance for Kellen Moore to go have this offense, go nuclear, push the pace and score a lot of points this year. I think Herbert's a, Herbert's a, almost a buy right now in dynasty because he's just such a talented player. And I think people are just a little bit chilled out on him. He's almost like a, People are like, yeah, he's great, but it's not like the enthusiasm you see this offseason that you even see for guys like Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. I think that there's a lot more enthusiasm for like that unknown, you know, third year rise than than a guy like Herbert who's who's shown it on the field. Dynasty yeah. players love sizzle. They don't love steak, Theo. That's why, That's right. man. That's right. Jerry, what are your thoughts on, on Herbs? Because I'm looking at the at the pass attempts per game. Dallas and the Chargers over the last three years have been, you know, within an, a, an attempt per game of each other. I, th- I think the big thing last year was the absence of the wide receivers at times. I mean, nothing against Josh Palmer and and Jalen Guyton and and you know Gerald Gerald Everett. I see it in the chat right here from Allen. Allen's talk not Seslowski, but Allen Davis. You know, talking about Gerald Everett and you know he had to step up. When they have this, you know, th- this offense fully functioning and everybody on the field, I, th- I think you're going to see real fireworks, and I think it will be much more efficient with Kellen Moore this year. So I don't think the volume goes up, but I think the efficiency has the potential to go way up. Jerry, you were saying about Herbs. But what what does this man got to do? He'd been in the league for three years. Average it out. You're looking at like 4,500 yards, 30 touchdowns, like 11 picks. In your first three years, consistently, and I and I can I have that going forward. Yes, I I I think I'm with Theo when he said he's a borderline buy. The the problem is, and sort of like with DK Metcalf, you know the the people that have him, they love him. So it, you know it's sort it's sort of hard to acquire in that case. And sort of the same thing with Justin Herbert, because like if I have Justin Herbert, he's there. He's chilling. We're having a good time, and I'm riding that man into the sunset. We ride at dawn. So I, I love Herbert, I, 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 and 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 if anyone doesn't love him and they have him, oh, you can bet your sweet ass I am gonna come calling. Well, I'm gonna try to pick myself up and put myself back together while we take just a quick time out to hear one last pause. One, just one last pause to hear about something near and dear to all of our hearts, and that is the world-famous, in quotations, draft kit. Let's hear from our man, the Podfather, and we'll be right back. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 draft kit is live. It is world-famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see 
in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production, both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you could take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet. And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league, do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it. Yeah, I, I love that line. It's it's not the cheapest, but as I've always quoted my man Jerry Jones is saying, cheap things aren't nice and nice things aren't cheap. That's just that's that's just life. And by the way, I'm getting the messages, guys. I understand. You want to see the Podfather on this show? It's gonna happen. You guys know I'm a I'm a baseball dad. I travel around with my kid. That ends in July. That's this month. So we're a couple of weeks away. I'm gonna I'm gonna book the Podfather in August to come on the Dynasty Warzone, because what I don't want to do is tell you guys, hey, the Podfather's coming on the Warzone, and then be like, oh, shit, we're, we're playing in a championship game. I won't actually be there. So we'll book it. We'll get it right. We're glad to have Theo tonight. But, Jerry, I want to go to you. I want to know the man that you're holding right now because you know he's you're going to get more for him in season when we actually do that thing called scoring fantasy points. I went with a weird one. I wanted to sort of think on the edge as best I could. Someone that is being cast off but has a real opportunity to bounce back. And Matthew Stafford just kept popping into my head. He's still going to have Cooper Cup. Cam Akers is going to be a little bit better, hopefully. Um, And Stafford, this is what Stafford has done throughout his time playing in the NFL. He always sets the world on fire. And everybody falls in love with him. And then he poops his pants the next season. He has done it every single time. Go ahead. As a Detroit Lions fan, any Detroit Lions fan will tell you that when we went to the playoffs, the very next year, as soon as everyone started drinking the Kool-Aid again, 4-12. and 12. It, it, it is just what has happened. It's like, you know, he he got the new setting. He got to live in California. He did not have to go to a place where it, was so cold that it hurt to breathe when he stepped outside. He was rejuvenated. It was wonderful. He won the Super Bowl, went absolutely bananas, just like his, you know, his Kelvin Johnson season in in 2011, where he threw 40 touchdowns, you know, and then last year was just bad. The wheels fell off on the Rams. It was a horrible situation. You know, listen, they had the victory cigar. They enjoyed it. He's worth nothing, essentially, right now. He's, he, I mean, he's being cast off, but if you have him, I'm not trying to get rid of him because if if he plays to 75% of what he can do, he, he's a, a championship winning caliber QB2. And if you already have that situation, I'm going to take it because he's stable. The, what, what is the problem with Matthew Stafford is he gets hurt. I, I mean, that that's he had, you know, the first couple of years he was in the league you know, separated his collarbone, one of the greatest mic'd up instances ever against the Browns. And then he was just Iron Man for like six years. And then the last four or five years banged up except for the Super Bowl winning season. But when he plays, you play Matthew Stafford. He's got Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup can make unbelievable things. Tyler Higby, another extremely underrated, great cheat buy. I'm going to take Stafford. And, and I wanted to go with a quarterback because we we tend to base most of our podcasts on Superflex because it is the premier, you know, uh, <laughs> way to play this game, and it, it's just such a paramount of a position. So Stafford, cheap, cheap, easy, easy to acquire, and if you have him, don't you dare get rid of that boy. 
Now, I, I saw Theo make the same face that I made when Jerry said Matthew Stafford. Theo, what were your thoughts? And then I'll share mine. I just think it's an interesting choice. And I like how Jerry thought outside the box for this answer. He's certainly not a sell because you'd be selling at the at the low, low, low. Um, it's, you know, he was so bad last year um, and so good the previous season. He's he's very much like if you're in a if you're in a championship window in Superflex and you see that Matt Stafford's back to returning high end QB two numbers, um, which you'll know pretty quickly, Jerry. I think like you'll know in that first month if 100%. the Rams are back. Uh, you know, Stafford could be a guy that you say, hey, you know what? Stafford gives me like a like an arbitrage Kirk Cousins type play this year, like a guy yep. with no rushing upside, but he can throw some touchdowns and give me a high-end QB2 numbers, and I'll, let me let me offer this guy a couple of picks to, to just make my run. Um, I, th I think that there's obvious downside, but again, if you've held him this long, like the time to sell him would have been after the Super Bowl. 100%. Um, and, if you, and if you stuck with him, then he's certainly to hold. He's absolutely a hold. Memphis, where are you at on this? I mean, I, what's changed between the team that he's on now from an offensive skill position standpoint and the team that he's on – from two two years ago, because two years ago that he had almost forty nine hundred yards, forty one touchdowns, seventeen interceptions. He had a hundred and three QB rating. If he gets off to anywhere near that, and the defense is going to be bad, he may even have to throw more. And and if he can stay healthy, which is a big if, you know, he's what thirty six ish years old. Yep. that's okay. If if you can get one good year out of him, and God forbid, I don't want it to happen, but it's going to happen. Someone's going to lose a stud. Some stud is going to get off to a to a slow start or someone's going to get hurt in camp and we have more quarterbacks of a high level running more than ever, whether it's Jalen Hurts, I mean, even Patrick Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert run a little bit. You know, Drew, Joe Burrow last year, I was looking at Joe Burrow's stats when I was doing my Justin Herbert research. I was like, how the hell did Joe Burrow get so, so high in the QB rankings? Because his numbers from a passing standpoint weren't that great. Joe Burrow rushed for 250 yards and five touchdowns last year. It's going to happen. The, the QB position is so much more mobile, unless you're Matt Stafford. And, and you may be in like the first week of October and have a fantastic, an absolute fantastic sell window that will get you way more than you'll get now because n necessity could drive that, that price up. I got to give you credit, Jerry. Sometimes you zig where I think you zag, and, and that was a good one. But, Theo, what's your guy that you're holding because you think you're going to get more in a bit? I'm going to cheat here. I'm going to give you two. I think that right now that there is a window for J.K. Dobbins, um, and he would be a guy that I absolutely would not sell because I think that this Todd Munkin offense is real. I think that they're going to score a ton of points. Dobbins is 24 years old. He's obviously missed a lot of time in his career. Uh, you saw last last year in the playoffs, he gave you that really nice playoff game uh, against Cincinnati, and I think that that's kind of like a like a uh, a harbinger of things to come. I think that based on you talked about this Memphis with some of these other backfields, what did Baltimore add in the backfield? Nothing. Uh, they are confident in Dobbins, and I've heard you on the War Zone Memphis talk about Dobbins, and he's the kind of guy that you like, but I think that. Like there's a an easy out where saying, hey, I'm going to sell the guy before he gets hurt again or based on just the the hype behind the offense. But I think this is a guy who could have double digit touchdowns this year. I think he's going to have his career season and he would be a guy that I would hate to get rid of uh, like now in the summer. I think if you want to sell him, you're going to have multiple opportunities during the year. And then my other one is Traylon Burks. I think Traylon Burks right now, it's sort of a get-out-of-jail-free card for Dynasty manners, managers. You had it all offseason. I saw a couple people selling Burks for like a late first in non-superflex, and I kind of understand it. You know, a chance to pivot off of an absolutely terrible offense. But Burks had 18 points, 17 points, then catches a touchdown and gets hurt. They have 45% of the targets are vacated in Tennessee, 40% of the air yards. There is no target competition for Traylon Burks. And I think right now there's this perception that Tennessee's offense is just going to be abysmal. If they beat that even slightly, like they could be the 10th worst offense in the league. And Traylon Burks could end up getting himself a 25% plus target share. He's going to be worth more during the season as well. So I cheated a little bit, Memphis. Gave you two. Sorry about that one.
No, uh, you're, you're, I, I want to focus on J.K. Dobbins because my love or lack thereof on Traylon Burks is neither here nor there, but I'm, I'm very practical in, in, in my thought on him. If he avoids DeAndre Hopkins, it's wheels up, all systems go on Traylon Burks. If they get DeAndre Hopkins, you got headaches. But I want to talk about J.K. Dobbins. I think that's an absolute just stroke of genius, Theo, and, and I'll tell you why. What is the off? Forget the offensive coordinator. What's the offensive line built to do in Baltimore? It's built to run block. But who do you want to run less? Lamar Jackson. Why? Because you just gave him a quarter of a billion dollars. You need him to pass the ball more. Now, will Lamar run? Of course he will. Will he have more designed runs? Probably not. So who's in the last year of his deal? J.K. Dobbins. Who's got something to prove? Because I love guys. That's why I went and got Miles Sanders last year. I love I love guys, especially running backs in in contract years. I think based on what the offense is going to want to do, which is pass more, but what are they built to do? They're built to run. They added Ben Cleveland, the offensive guard, and I think hopefully Ronnie Stanley can stay healthy, but this offensive line's a run-blocking offensive line, and the biggest beneficiary from that is J.K. Dobbins. I think J.K. Dobbins was a, was a masterstroke call. Jerry, what, what's yours? Uh, he was my backup in case I had to go last and someone else picked, uh, you know, Stafford or something. Um, I actually had a couple for this category, but I, I I'm with Theo. I, I really think JK Dobbins is going to explode and I don't want to buy too much of the late season hype that we had sort of at the end of last year, where we finally got to see him. My only worry about JK Dobbins is that the person that has him is going to hold him like they love him. Because, A, they're probably the person that drafted him, and they've just been holding through the injuries. And then finally we got down the stretch last year, and he absolutely, you know, he had 100-yard game, 100-yard game, 100-yard game, 100% a hold. I'm not selling him. He's, this is sort of the young running back thing, you know. Javante Williams, I'm holding. Brees Hall, I'm holding. J.K. Dobbins, I'm holding. I want to see what these guys can do. They've all shown flashes. I just need you guys to stay healthy. I know that's easier said than done at that position in the NFL in today's age. But Theo, since I also had that idea, I also think it's genius, friend. There you go. Look, look, look at that. Look at that. Well, I, I kind of feel boring because my, mine is a little bit boring, but I, th I think this is going to be your last shot. I think he's like, this is his age 29, 30 season, and that's Stefan Diggs. But, guys, what, what do we have against a guy who's put up – and this is his three years in Buffalo – 328, 316, 285 fantasy points. He averages just a shade over 310 fantasy points a game. Excuse me, a season. A game would be something else. But just an absolute stud. And he he did the boo-boo face. He did a little pouting. He did a little sad face. You know, I, I would like to have the ball come to me a little bit more. I'm like, Jesus, man, you had 154, 165, and 166 targets. We're talking about a guy who gets almost 10 targets a game. And like, again, right now, this is the old guys suck season. We, we like rookies. We like young scintillating upside guys. I'm telling you, when Stefan Diggs is going absolutely crazy and it's September and it's October and the weather's nice in, in Buffalo and he has to score to keep up with the Dolphins because the Dolphins' offense is good and the, the Jets are improved and they're playing a first-place schedule and they're playing Kansas City and they're playing all and they're playing Jacksonville, they're going to pass maybe more than ever. And Stefan Diggs is still the guy. I know Theo loves Dalton Kincaid. Maybe Theo will mix in some Dalton Kincaid. I know Gabe Davis – you know, uh, Khalil Shakur, maybe James Cook's more involved in the passing game. I don't know. I know this, that if you like 10 targets a game, you should like Stephon Diggs. And I, I think your big cash out's going to come here in about a month and a half. So that's my guy, Theo. You've been very pro Buffalo. You're, you're friends with, is it Mike Shope? Am I saying that right? Mike Shope, um, just, a, just a tremendous show, the deep end. Uh, you can catch him on Tuesday nights right here on Player Profiler YouTube. Mike Shopes on on Damian Harris that just has a little a little uh a little bit of nugget from from Mike Mike and I bump bump heads. Let that be true. Let, so. let, let let Mike nail that one, and I'll I'll send him a nice uh, edible arrangement if Damian Harris comes in this year. There you go. There you go. But yeah, he's he's back on on Diggs as well. I think that it's it's funny you you bring up Diggs and I bring up Hill, and then you brought up Hill last week. 
I honestly don't think people know how to handle this group of older wide receivers in Dynasty right now. These guys are scoring so well, um, but it does give people pause because, you know, you hear words like AJ Pex, and a lot of times that's been the the thing to do where you pivot off of an older guy and it's it's been the move in Dynasty. But I don't know if this is the case with this group of, of the big four. I think Devontae Adams played so well last year, um, and despite the quarterback issues – you know, I think people don't know what to do with him in Dynasty, but Memphis, you, you bring up Diggs. It's a it's a great one. Diggs is just automatic fantasy points. He's been fantastic. And Dalton Kincaid is more of a threat to the auxiliary wide receivers than he is to, to Stephon Diggs. Um, Stephon Diggs is just automatic points in fantasy. He's, he's such a value. And uh, like there's nothing more to say. The guy's going to continue to score as long as he's attached to that offense with Josh Allen. He's aging gracefully. And he wins in a number of ways. Well, and and, and I, I, I just it, want you to say that sort of thing about me. Just a, aging gracefully aging. and wins in multiple ways. You're aging gracefully. J- Jerry, you look great. So I look at last year and I'm looking at the, at the top four receivers in PPR points. And you had Justin Jefferson, just a total freak show, you know, quarterback, dome, the whole he's got everything you'd want. The next guy, Tyreek Hill, we already talked about him, 20 points a game. He's like 29, 30 years old. Oh, Devontae Adams, also 29, 30 years old. Stephon Diggs was number four, 29, 30 years old. Oh, you know, the guy who got hurt and missed the back part of the season, Cooper Cup, also 29. You're starting to see a pattern. We get in this, get in this bad habit in Dynasty of ignoring the old guys in the offseason just because they don't look sexy on your roster. You know what looks sexy? That, 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 uh, cash app or you know league safe payout that you get from your commissioner because you won the money you open up that box from our friends at trophy smack you open up a big old trophy with your name on there that feels really good it doesn't it doesn't feel good in the summer when your roster's not super sexy but i like money and i like winning championships so we got one more hold to go now i'll go first this way i can just get it out of the way because i gotta tell you about a guy that i'm holding because I don't know what is his, his total outlook. I, I mentioned on the Dynasty Warzone pod that I did by myself. Uh, it's not on the player profiler feed. It's on the Dynasty Warzone feed. You can find it in audio and on YouTube. And I, I wanted to go Sky more, but you can't do all Chiefs. That just feels like a cheat code. You just you know you could always go to like a, a Chief for upside. I'm going Elijah Moore. You know, here's a guy that as a rookie with the New York Jets and and the quarterback situation was a shit show. Whether it was you know Mike White, whether it was Zach Wilson, it was just rough. It was rough out there in those streets for a young guy. You know they 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 change some things around. They bring in a new head coach, and it just it goes sideways very quickly for Elijah Moore. He wants to get a trade. He's not active on. It's it's weird, and now he's in a spot that it feels like they want him. And I think that because of the offense that Cleveland is building, because you got Joe Burrow in your division, you got. Lamar Jackson in your division. Oh, by the way, I heard this on a podcast today. This blew my mind. The Steelers over their last nine games were seven and two, and they only had five turnovers. That's an offense on the come. That's a podcast for a different day. But I love Elijah Moore. I mentioned last week I was buying, you know, I think it was actually Dan who was buying Amari Cooper because I bought him in a trade. But but this is a buy on offense. I think I'm fading Nick Chubb unless I'm like all in win now, which that was a guy I mentioned last week as well. But I, I love Elijah Moore. And Theo, you're right there in the Long Island area. You are a New Yorker. What are your thoughts on Elijah Moore? I mean, he's no longer in your city, but what do you think about him for Dynasty and going forward? I love Elijah Moore. I haven't sold any of my life. I'll take it back. I sold one Elijah Moore share this offseason. I pivoted for like a Marvin Mims share. So that was like a like a pivot. But I had so much Elijah Moore that it was more like a it was more like a just a, a little slight pivot more than a get out of, of Elijah Moore. It's a great landing spot. Cleveland, every everything that Cleveland's doing is making you think they're trying to put Deshaun Watson in, in a position to succeed. There's no more Kareem Hunt. There's not going to be this, you know, two-headed monster at running back. Uh, there's going to be wide receivers getting targeted. They draft Tillman. They trade for more. I, I remember on the Dynasty Warzone podcast, Last summer, how much you guys loved Garrett Wilson, but you couldn't figure out whether it was going to be Wilson or Moore. And Moore, that got a lot of us last summer on that, where Wilson and Moore were looked at as these like equals. 
Obviously, you know, the, Garrett Wilson's done a lot to, to pass him by in Dynasty, but this could be a great bounce back opportunity. And I think Memphis, there is a, I'll take it a step further. I think that there's a percentage chance that he leads all Cleveland wide receivers in fantasy points this year. If it works out, it could really, really work out in Cleveland. There, All the beat writers say that he's tearing it up. And, you know, we do see Amari Cooper with like the weird, the weird splits, like home and away splits. And we don't have a whole lot of sample size with Deshaun Watson playing with Amari Cooper. A lot of the Amari Cooper scoring last year came with Brissett. It's more likely not going to be Cooper. But I think if more hits and he gets back to what he showed us as a rookie in, in New York, then this could be like an ultimate bounce back and ultimate revenge for all the dynasty managers who were so hurt last year with their Elijah Moore uh, share. So I love that you're on Elijah Moore. And Sigmund Bloom was big time on Elijah Moore this year. Loves him this year. Well, you, you could never go wrong being on the same side of a, of a player as uh, Sigmund Bloom. But Jerry, who who is your guy? Who and, and, and please feel free to add anything on Elijah Moore that you may have. Well, Theo pissed me off a little bit because I've been leading the uh, the parade on Amari Cooper and his easy acquisition. Um, it's a, but no, I probably right, Jerry. Like I'll say, like like Amari Cooper I, right now, like scored like a, you know he was a wide receiver one last year, and people are not treating him like that. So no, they hate him. Yeah, they hate him still. So no, but it, but as far as a hold for Elijah Moore, like you're not e- even when he was a rookie, like he wasn't very expensive. I mean, it, you know, maybe. He was, you know, 110, 111. More than likely, he was an early second round pick. And no, I'm, I am totally cool holding because, like what Theo said, and I don't hate you for this one. If he does hit, monster, right? Because he's going to be like 24, and you're going to have seen him surpass Amari Cooper in that offense tied to Deshaun Watson, who has shown what he can do. Yes, you know, it, it, to the moon. Uh, my guy, you know, we, we, we talked about Damian Harris a little bit. We talked about how we're going to talk about some young guys. Mine's James Cook. Here's the thing. We we go ahead. Let's talk about Damian Harris. What the hell has that guy really done? I've seen 1050. Like that he misses a ton of games. His ceiling is at this point less than 1100 yards. He had a 15 touchdown season. That's that's the the outlier. You see in 2020 he had two touchdowns. You see, last year he had three touchdowns, and then there's the 15 sitting in there. What is more likely to happen? I just, he got signed for one year, $1.7 million, which in NFL money is circus peanuts. And if anyone's ever had circus peanuts, they're absolutely some of the most atrocious candy that the world has ever bestowed upon us. And then you have James Cook, right? In his rookie season, Right, not even great. You know, he he went much earlier, which has been a disappointment to me mostly, which is all I care about because I'm selfish. But he he has better yards per attempt as a running back than Damian Harris has ever had by an entire yard, five point seven yards to four point seven yards. He had more receptions, more receiving touchdowns, more receiving yardage than Damian Harris has had in any season of his career. He's twenty six years old. James Cook going to be twenty four. He was drafted in the second round to that offense. Listen, you're always going to have to compete with Stephon Diggs. And Josh Allen is always going to be in the way of some of your touchdowns. But if James Cook hits, you are benefiting from it. He is going to be an easy sell because he'll be a young running back on a rookie contract on a great offense. If it's a hit, it's a big hit. So I'm holding on him. I'm not I'm not bailing on it. Listen, getting 89 touches rushing on a season, right? Like it, it, it's horrible and it sucks and if you took him at 107 like I did because I'm a bit of a bozo, listen, we we're probably not going to recoup that. But but it, but if he if he can hit 1100 yards. It, it, sorry, Damian Harris is going to get hurt. I, I am a history man. I got the diploma on my wall that says I love that kind of stuff. History suggests Damian Harrison is playing nine games. Well, I I, I love Damian Harris, but I am going to make you go watch it. Go find my three off-season buys because I actually had James Cook as a buy. Love Damian Harris. I am absolutely saturated to the gills with Damian Harris, but the guy misses. I'll, I'll leave you this nugget. You have to go find the rest. He misses 40% of his games. Gang, you can't miss 40% of work anywhere but the NFL because you're talented and keep your job. You miss 40% of your work, you're going to get fired tomorrow. So you better show your ass up. 
But Damian Harris gets away with it. I think James But if Cook you don't, could, if you could let me know where that job is, because I only well, want to show up for sixty percent of my work. Yeah, well, don't uh don't underestimate the the the, the power of being uh reliable and, and showing up. So uh, I was again I was listening to Mike and the Podfather the other day, and you know, Mike is super patched in. He does a local radio show there in Buffalo on uh talking about James Cook and and Damian Harris. Where are you at with James Cook, Theo? I love James Cook. James good, Cook good, thank God. God. Ah, boy. And Breaks James my Cook tie. also, like, Dave, Devin Singletary had three straight seasons with with 50 targets. So if James Cook just needs to absorb that and also ab- absorb some of the carries, and with his big playability in that offense, I mean, James Cook is a, is a, is a no-brainer right now. Um, it was a great, it, I had him as one of the two uh, for this this answer. I love James Cook. I, I, I had him also as a, a running back I'm really trying to draft a lot in redraft. Memphis and I have been putting together some of these videos uh, for our YouTube site, and uh, I had him on there. I had him right on there. So I love it. Well, who, who do you love that you're going to hold? Who's your last hold that you're just holding on to because you think that what you get out of it is not worth making that move today? So I'm going to take a, a, a higher a higher uh, name here, like a guy who's, got, who's a, a big scorer last year, um, and it's Ramondre Stevenson. And Ramondre Stevenson had this career year, and he did it in his second year. He was the only first or second year player to finish as an RB1 last year. But you didn't see the dynasty value for him go as sky high as you would have thought. I think there's always the mentality in a lot of fantasy managers' minds that he's a Bill Belichick running back, so there's no safety there. I think also people look at him as kind of a little bit of a compiler who was in like a perfect storm offense-wise where those targets were out of necessity. And also there's some draft capital snobs because he was a day three guy and not a day one or day two guy. But I think this is a player that is going to be top top five in running back targets again. And I think there's an opportunity for him to be a double-digit touchdown scorer. I think that Bill O'Brien is going to have a huge impact on that offense. And I think that Ramondre Stevenson is here to stay. Memphis, you talk about what people did in terms of what they added in terms of competition, Damian Harris is gone. And I like Pierre Strong, but like thinking that Pierre Strong is going to take this big big leap forward or Kevin Harris, that's a leap of faith. And that's that's more of a guess, an educated guess, than than like what is actually going to happen. I think Ramondre Stevenson is the focal point of this offense. I think that they are going to utilize him as much as they can. He's going to have a second straight year of RB1 production, and I think right now you're not getting that sort of return on value um, from dynasty managers, and I think that he's the kind of guy that during the season is going to be worth a lot more than he than he is right now to you in July. Well, I, I, as much as I am not a huge Ramondre guy, I, I will say this. Just follow the targets. If you're going to chase anything, that's why I did that separate podcast the other day just about targets. You know, there, there's some target data out there on guys like Kade Otten and Chris Godwin and just a lot of guys that you wouldn't think of. Joe Mixon had 75 targets last year in 14 games. Holy cow. Joe Mixon could be, you know, join that elusive 100 target club, but chase targets, guys. If you're, if you're going to chase in, in dynasty fantasy football, error on the side of targets because they're worth 2.8 the amount of of a rushing attempt. So I I, I think that's a a, a very well said. Again, I'm not the hugest Ramondre guy. I I don't love him as an athlete. I think he more so than anybody because there's supposedly this two-way battle in in the AFC East where New England and Miami are both interested in Dalvin Cook. And if he were to land in New England, that just absolutely just blows up the spot for Ramondre. So there's a bunch of guys that unfortunately – it sucks to be doing dynasty podcasts. Wait a minute, let me rephrase that. It never sucks to be doing dynasty podcasts because we love this shit. But it sucks to be doing dynasty content right now, not knowing where Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Hopkins, even to a degree, Fat Lenny and Kareem Hunt, even Zeke Elliott, they're they're gonna ruin someone's, you know, August. And there's not really a lot we can do about it. But that's my take on Ramondre. Jerry, what are your thoughts? The Ramondre may be the one player that made me look the absolute stupidest last year. 
So I, I have to just withdraw my opinion on him because if I double down, I am going to just absolutely eat crow. But then if I pivot and then he disappoints me like I thought he was going to do last year, then I'm just going to hate myself. So it, I am more apt. If I have Ramondre, I'm definitely holding. I'm not because the, the, the receptions last year were silly. There's, there is simply no way to just quantify how overlooked he, he was with that sort of production rate from receptions. It, it, it's, it's unbelievable. And I didn't even realize it because I didn't have tons of shares of Ramondre because I was such a, like Theo said, like a, like a draft capital, you know, snob. So, so I cannot have Ramondre Stevenson on my dynasty rosters. Thank you, my God, what, why would such a peasant quality? No. And you do, you do that too but, well. I, I'm a medieval English historian. Of course I do that well. I have brandy somewhere in here. I got some cigars in here. Um, but yeah, he, so by the time I realized what he was doing, I was like, holy shit, Jerry, you bozo. So I, I, I'm with you. I'm absolutely not selling on that because he did it as a young guy. And, and if you can instill confidence in Bill Belichick, he is going to continue to do that. So I'm with you. I like that call. Well, he compared him, he compared him to like Lawrence Taylor in terms of his development in year two. It was wild. Some of the quotes, Belichick rarely heaps praise on guys like he did Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah. The only other guy that he's praised like that, he never did that for Tom Brady. See what happened, what happened there. But Theo, my man, so good to have you on. So good to have you and Jerry on the same show. Now, again, I tease Theo. Uh, he may have started a fifth podcast in the time that we've done this podcast. But that's what I love about this guy. You know, surround yourself in life. This is not just a dynasty take. This is a life take. Surround yourself with hardworking people on a similar trajectory, on the same path as you. I'm not even going to try to say <laughs> that word because that that's Theo. You know, Theo grinds. He, he's an awesome dad. Every time I talk to Theo, like we're texting or talking, hey, I'm taking my kid. I'm picking my kid. He's, he's doing podcasts. He's doing guest spots. He's doing so much. And he does it at the benefit of us, the fantasy consumer, because I listen to Theo's shows. Theo puts out good stuff. Theo, I know uh, you, you could go through them all, but whichever one of your podcaster, take your time. Talk about all the podcasts you got going on and uh, what can we look forward to from Mr. Theo? Yeah, so definitely check out press coverage tomorrow. Um, I have Josh Larkey on. There is no Sonic Truth this week, Memphis, but uh, you can check out Matt Kelly coming on the Goat District Wednesday night. And we need to get him scheduled for Dynasty Warzone. I, I agree. That, oh, that I'm, be, I'm, I'm, be an I'm awesome I, one. I, again, I, I, I don't want to, you know, first of all, you, you don't book the Fantasy Colossus and then say, hey, by the way, it's you and Jerry. Nothing against Jerry, but it's like, no, no, no! You, you don't do that. You, 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 you need a full you, house for you. You, 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 you roll out the red carpet for the fantasy colossus. You roll out the red carpet for Matt, and it, it's weird because as like a dad, I'm, I'm and, like the I'm like the circus peanuts of this show. Let's be honest. You're the peeps. You're the elephant. You're more the peeps. You're more the peeps of the of the show. But I don't want to like be DMing with the with the colossus and being like, "Hey, look, man, we're in the championship game. It's going to be you and Jerry." But Theo, I, I love what you got going on. You are a large part of why Jerry and I brought the Dynasty Warzone to simulcast on Player Profiler because we believe in you. We believe in the vision of this company. We love what Matt and Billy and everybody here is doing. But what we're going to do is we're going to get out of here. But I want to remind you, you need to respond. You need to reply. And I'm asking. I'm not reminding. I'm asking. I'm asking you to go subscribe to two YouTube channels, Player Profiler and Dynasty Warzone. And then two audio channels, Dynasty Warzone and Player Profiler. Why? Because there's bonus shows. There's so much content. And just like if you went to a Brazilian steakhouse. Theo, you like a good Brazilian steakhouse? I'm I'm neutral. It's a, it's a hold for me. It's a what hold. about you, Jerry? I, I like them. I, I, love, I, them. I love it because you know I'm, I'm a meat eater. But you know what? Pretend you're at a Brazilian steakhouse. You know, like I, you know, I, I don't play best ball. Then don't listen to those podcasts. Just wait for the dynasty stuff. Wait for the undrafted. Wait for the Sonic Truth. Wait for the Dynasty Warzone in the Goat District. You'll get a ton of dynasty. And just like when the guy brings the chicken to my table at the Brazilian Steakhouse, beat it. 
beat it, come back with that filet. So, so you may not like everything that comes through your airwaves, but you're going to love something. So please subscribe everywhere. I'm going to get these guys out of here. I'm going to jump on a separate feed. This is why, again, this is why you subscribe to the Player Profiler YouTube channel because later in the week you'll catch me and Theo talking about the rookies that we think you need to hold on to as we enter Dynasty season. Guys, we're a couple of weeks away from camp, three weeks away from the Hall of Fame game. Theo, man, thanks again for coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. So listen, Jerry, anything from you? By the way, you know, if you made it to the end of the podcast, tonight was the Major League Baseball draft. There was a young man, he played high school baseball about an hour and 15 minutes away from where I live. His name is Max Clark. He got drafted third overall to the Detroit Tigers. I may have to go out and buy a Detroit Tigers hat. If you don't know the name Max Clark, Google him. He's an amazing kid. I just wanted to throw that out there because you know what? It's my show and it's the, it's, we're wrapping it up. So, But anyway, on behalf of that man, his name is Jerry Sinclair. You know him better as the man of the hour and the man with the power, our director of content, and more importantly, good friend Theo. Remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here next week with more Dynasty action. See you guys. Have a great week. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty fantasy football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what. Well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds tons of fun the fire in there is amazing great platform to post trade questions debate rookie values share insight interact with some cool people from across the globe you know shout out to those guys in australia they're blowing my phone up all the time you know the best part is there's no twitter trolls or facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about so uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more win those championships pause the podcast right now sign up and you can thank me later in the group chat when we add up all those inches That's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak.